Ooh. Okay, well. Damn, yeah, uh, that's, that's some of the... I guess that ends it for you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, let's close this project and get started with the... Yeah, this is my... um. These are my, like, half-assed amateur beats. Um, and I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just super happy I have the, you know, you know time and, and energy to be able to complete them because a lot of people uh, don't have the time to pursue what they like to pursue. Mm. Um, and I, I think a big problem with considering oneself an artist is that you have to... De- you are encouraged to define yourself by that. Because mm. um, no one else will until you do. Well, I, I, I suppose I suppose so. What do what you, what you mean by that? I mean, in a sense of, like, no one's going to say, like, in my example, no one was saying I was a rapper until I said it, right? And for a while, I was just saying, oh, like, oh, I make music. I mean, and, and I, maybe there's an aspect of not wanting to label yourself or box yourself in. There is part of that. So then I think it's about that self-discovery as an artist to find what you define your artistry as, right? And to make it as encompassing as possible. 100%. And invite the conversation, right? Like, it's easy to be dismissive when you're mislabeled or when you're uh, boxed in or anything like that. But I think being the one that's expressing, there is a level of kind of like patience you have to have with an audience or a listener that, because not everyone's going to get your mind and get your story and get your framing, right? Like, yeah. off rip. It's not maybe, even off multiple listens, you know? Do, do you think it's your response? I personally think it's your responsibility to do that as an artist. Yeah. Like you, I, yeah. yeah. I definitely think it's your, it's your responsibility 100% to express what you express, right? Mm-hmm. And shape your messaging how you want. Now, if you care what people think, all right, then it's on you to change what you want. But I, don't, I think that shouldn't be it. I think it should be your truest expression. And then maybe there's a... I, I like multiple um, conduits, right, to be able to get the full scope. Like, for example, I make a song, I make an album, come on the podcast next week, and maybe we talk about it. Bring yeah. to life new dimensions, new stories behind it that you might not see, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, trying to make music as vivid and as engaging as possible, but they're just two different art forms. They're two different platforms that you can adopt different mindsets and just get... Two very different mediums of, of self-expression. Exactly, exactly. And it's and they're equally as important. Mm-hmm. And right, and some are more important at different times than others, right, can come in and out. But the fact that it's different it's expression is what makes it important because you're giving the whole picture. Mm-hmm. You're, you're really trying to fill in the frame, really. Yeah. Um, well... Well, damn, man. You know, uh, here, here we are. Here we no, are. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs> All right, if that's the intro. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, good. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rabbit Hole Sessions. We're very happy to have you. I am Tyler, and I'm the only one of the crew here today. Unfortunately, James and Emilio couldn't make this one, so we're recording this a little early offsite. But I am here with a very special guest. I don't know what he wants to go by, so I'm going to start with Rory. I'm here with Rory, and we'll get into more of his story as we go, but. This is long overdue. We've been uh, collaborating for a few years now. And what up, what up? Since back in the dorm days. Hey. And I remember wanting to do an episode for, I think it was either Food for Thought or Life at, Life and Times, which was just oh, shit. You're earlier wait, wait, iterations. How, how many of these you've been through? How many podcasts? I think this is the third iteration of oh, like shit, this man. show. Goddamn. Yeah, and okay. Emilio luckily has, is back for this one. He was there for Food for Thought, Life and tight. Times I was doing on tight. my own. Tight. And it's really cool that we've got... And, and again, this is why I'm happy to have you here, and we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but it's cool to see over the years how it's just been consistent grind on trying to find the right ways to express, whether it was in music or in this podcast shit and this platform. And I think we're hitting that stride really hard in, again, right. both realms, and Emilio in his film realm too, and James is our other guy. He um, does film as well. So it's really cool to see all the paths cross. And you know that brings me back to you, Rory, and again, kind of what we were just talking about, about different fields of expression and creativity. and Tight. 
We were just cooking up for everyone who needs to know some context. We're at the stew. We're, we're cooking. At the stew. We got some good stuff coming away eventually. Yeah. But so Rory is Rory's a lot of things. He's yeah. a producer. He's an actor. A thespian. I do, I, do, I do many things. He's a singer. Oh yo, you want definitely rap? You want you want to talk about the stew? You want to talk about this little stew? This about, one right here that we're in. Can I give you the breakdown on the stew? Yeah, of course, please. Yeah, yeah um, it's an audio adventure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, what's happening right now? Tyler is sitting inside my booth. Um, <laughs> yeah. I live in. Um, I live in. Well, we don't have to. We yeah, don't. I have ain't to, gonna say where I live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, y'all, y'all don't get. They're just gonna pull. Listen, we're on Spotify and stuff yeah. now, so this is yeah. a famous podcast. Yeah. So yeah, one hundred percent famous. So, <laughs> Yo, uh, 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 K Dot, if you're trying to collab with me, K Dot, yo. <laughs> uh, but this, this, uh, Tyler is sitting in the booth right now. That's and right. And we live in the booth. This booth uh, is very important to me because it's something that I, it's something that I built by myself. Mm. Um, I always had a compulsion to make music. Uh, when I was in high school, um, I was part of uh, various choirs, um, and I was always selected as a, I was always selected as a soloist. I had a pretty deep, like, baritone voice, and that's normally not something that you get to uh, uh, play with a lot, mm-hmm. um, especially inside youth choirs. Hmm. Uh, but thankfully, I had some teachers who, you know, shout out to Anita Cooper. Uh, shout uh, out. God, God, God bless him. Um, who said, hey, well, let's, let's take advantage of this. Um, and I was always the happiest when I was singing. I was always the happiest hmm. when I was close to music, and music got me through a lot of tough shit um you know it's 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 something that's always there for you and so that's the reason i was always compelled to make music and i'm sort of a naturally impulsive person and that's sort of how this booth came to be (laughs) um when i moved into this place uh i I never really had like a lot of stability growing up i mean you probably understand you moved around a lot yeah right like how how many how many places did you live before you you came to college can you name it off the top of your head before yeah i I mean i lived lived long-term toronto Okay. Uh, Doha, Qatar, and then Abu Dhabi, yeah. UAE. So, you know, shit. those last two places are very similar, but drastic moves, right? Big changes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, a lot of I, shit. I think I know where you're going with this, yeah, but keep so, going. So, so I I was born in uh, Washington, D.C., um, and then I moved around the Northeast. Um, I lived in D.C., house in Maine, house in Vermont, hmm. uh, four different houses in Western Massachusetts, wow. I believe. Um, wow. And... So I always had like a want to make a space my own, like as fast as I could, because oh, I never, really, wow. I never felt any security, because I was like, it's gonna pick up and, and just disappear, yeah, like, at any time. And that was always a big source of anxiety. So when I was sitting in my room here, Shoot. it was empty, it was just boxes, you know. I, I just moved. It was the uh, last place I was gonna live in before I graduated college, and I was like, I need, I need to make this space mine. I'm, I'm fucking miserable right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, I was having like terrible panics and just fucking tremors, tremors. And so I, I went to Home Depot, and I bought foam i bought wood yeah tired of knocking that wood right there where we at yeah 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 yeah. oh yeah that's that's pure some wood panels (laughs) um and then i took a and i bought a bandsaw and i cut out the top of the top of the shelf in my closet just like sawed it out yeah uh, and i put uh, a paneling uh soundproofing paneling on the inside of this closet door and all up inside this closet uh so i had a space to to do my art I had a space to sing. Perfect. In that closet, I feel so safe in that little closet. Pause um, right there. I just want everybody to pay attention to what he just said. Yeah. He wanted something. He needed something to feel complete and to feel like he could uh, get himself across and to feel comfortable. So he took the initiative to make it happen. He didn't wait. He didn't ask for it. He didn't. And, I, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, maybe he had some help along the way. Of course, we all do. Mm-hmm. But the point was 
took it upon himself to make a positive change in his life. Mm. And that applies to anything, exercise, music, mental health, relationship, anything like that. So that's a gem. And I just, I like the notion of, I mean, I don't like the notion of you were anxious and shit as a kid, right? Like, I don't like that. But I like the fact that you are addressing. um, You got to do that in some way. Exactly. And you're addressing potential deep-rooted things, right? Like from back in your childhood and you're actively giving yourself a hand in shaping a better world for your mental and anybody else who loves you down the line, like dealing with you as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's really important. Okay, mm-hmm. so continue more. Is there anything else in the creative space you want, this creative space specifically you want to mark on? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I've, I've uh, like you said, I've had a lot of help on the way. Like, I'm a lot luckier than a lot of uh, a lot of people. If if you live in the states and you make over, um, I, I don't know how much. I think it's about thirty five thousand dollars. But that, yeah. that mean that means you're technically in like the top like five to yeah, to 1% yeah. like thirty two, thirty five thousand, something like that. You can have a conversation. Of, yeah, you can have a conversation about how like. Okay, what does what does cost of living mean? But still, I'm I'm lucky. But yeah. this was one of the things that I didn't get money from my parents for. Mm-hmm. Uh, my school didn't help me with that shit at all. Uh, no, no one, no one helped you. me with that shit. I supported myself through. Um, I'm gonna call it entirely uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, entrepreneurial uh, means. I'm gonna. We, we're gonna call that entrepreneurial means. Uh, entrepreneurial <laughs> means. Uh, yeah, I, my own <laughs> uh, completely legitimate means. Uh, I I came up with the money to shout out to 150. Uh, uh, <laughs> shout out to shout out to the kids in 150. Shout out to Trashmont. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah shout out right. to Suffolk University um, uh, for providing me with these means. But the money that I uh, I made for myself, I I invested in this. So this is yep. about like I'd say what probably. I'd say five hundred dollars in net. Mm. All the equipment I have inside my room, uh, but the booth is especially special to me because it's its own space. What about time? How long did it take from start to finish to uh, get what you wanted? This was this was done in this was done in a single day. Oh my god! This Look, come on, people. Day. That's all it takes. Yeah. It's a day of work. All it takes uh, a day of okay. work, and he feels Don't. great. <laughs> okay, <laughs> come on. But but the thing I do want to say about that booth is that I even though it's there, I. I until I graduated, I didn't have too many opportunities to use it. Right. Uh, but regardless, it still felt very good to have it there. And, and that's actually something that I, this sort, do you mind if I go back to like the, the, what we were talking about before the intro? No, of course, of course. Yeah. 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 So, um, before the intro, I was kind of talking about what it means to define yourself as an artist and why, mm. uh, why artists define themselves the way that they do. Um, and I, I think it can be sort of poisonous to identify as an artist because it comes with the implication that that's how you need to be making your money or that's how you need to be mm, um, like living day in and day out. Right. This is not the majority of my life. The majority of my life I'm in fucking the service industry. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I that's what I need to do to make my money. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't get to call yourself an artist. You don't, yeah. I don't even think you need to be, talented or good at something to call yourself an artist and identify Mm. with making art because Mm. it's something that's inherently fulfilling you know like people will call a gamer a gamer but they're not sitting on their ass and just playing call of duty all day yeah you know what i'm saying like if you pay call of duty two hours okay well let's be real you're a fucking noob if you only play call of duty (laughs) uh you you got to get it into the culture like for god's sake oh yeah yeah like like, what are you doing but but, expand your digital horizons it doesn't need to be all of who you are right um i think you should do this Ah. shit because it makes you happy and this shit fulfills me and i would like for it to be the thing that i get to do with the majority of the time that i have on this earth but it's not possible right now you know, mm-hmm. 
uh, but I'm going to keep working. And uh, that's 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 the reason why uh, I do what I do. It makes me happy and mm-hmm. I want to do more of it. You have a job for your reality to fund your dream, I which do. is really key at our level. And again, we could talk about something a little off mic. We were talking about just being an amateur in these days and like yeah. what it means to be that, what life is like as that. Because you said it's not you spend your full time on it. You dedicate and make mm-hmm. the time to yeah. spend on it, which in hopes that it grows and becomes your yeah. full time. Right. Mm-hmm. So when um, you're talking artistry, you're talking being artistic, you're talking like the parameters for that. Yeah. In that sense is artistry and being artistic to you more of a mentality then rather than an action Hmm. or you know how do you kind of look at it as well when can you say that i am an artist this is what i'm doing to make art um i think that what art is definitely about output um Mm. and it's not necessarily what you're sharing with the world but it's what you're doing yeah Uh, you it's the difference i think between being a consumer and being a a producer or hmm. if you want to use like maybe more academic terms, I would say it's the difference between theory and practice. Gotcha. Uh, you can learn as much about music as you want to, but if you only talk about it and don't spend time uh, writing or, or 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 playing an instrument or singing, yeah, or wow. d- creating in 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 some uh, in some way, then I, I don't think you can necessarily define yourself as an artist. Do you feel the same way about? Um maybe like professors and whether they're practicing in their field as they teach or like do, do you I think it depends way? on whether you it is the professor's primary function to be an educator cuz hmm. like I, I don't I don't actually really know there's there's probably definitely some criteria uh, cuz I know professors uh, at least if you're not adjunct you you do have to uh, like produce a certain amount of papers especially if you're like in a stem oh, field like you got to like do publish. research yeah, or like projects yeah, yeah. or like publish it but um I guess if you're speaking in a, in that sense, then like, yeah, yeah. Like you can't just be talking about it. Like you actually need to be contributing, um, or if not contributing, then at least like practicing. Yeah. Cause there's an aspect of, I can trust you more when I know you have active insights into the current field of what yeah. you're doing. Right. Where it's not just, you've been teaching a textbook for seven years that yeah. maybe yeah. gets updated once in that whole time mm-hmm. you've been teaching it. Yeah. So it's like, it's not even through fault of your own that maybe outdated isn't the right word and i don't know that out of touch also isn't the right word but it's like it's not even on the professor's intelligence if they're just teaching straight from a syllabus that was prescribed and that doesn't update you know so i like some aspect of practicing in the field because you can bring everyday nuance into what you're talking about which like you said theory and practice there's a huge difference oh yeah i'm down to learn theory all the time but i need to know what it's going to be like in the field in the world of what i'm doing 100 percent, 100 percent What's going on, everybody? Let's take a break in this conversation and let you know that this episode was brought to you by TOD Productions, the production arm of TylerOnDemand.com. If you need audio production, whether that's radio, podcast, music, you can hit me up at TylerOnDemand at gmail.com and we'll get you set up right for all your audio needs. Once again, TOD Productions, the production arm of TylerOnDemand.com. Hit me up at TylerOnDemand at gmail.com. I'm sorry, I don't... I don't fuck with Drake. What is it? He has one with Drake? He should he should he should be with Drake. Oh wait, you say you don't wait, hold on. This is a good topic. This is a good topic. You don't fuck with Drake. This will be a good segment. Yeah, we are. All right, take your time, take your time. We can cut all this. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't have any uh, yeah, let's oh are we recording right now? Hold on, let me 
Okay, dude, that's a good take. That's a good take. So you don't like Drake? You don't fuck with Drake? What's that all about? As a producer, by the way, which we'll get into his credentials again. You heard about his music spiel earlier, but this is coming from a musical mind. So I think this is valuable insight. Um, hmm. uh, well, you know, I'm not gonna say that like I, I despise Drake or don't like respect his um his music because like clearly he has ethic. You know, clearly he has work ethic. Clearly mm-hmm. he like puts in the time. Uh, but I, I feel like a lot of artists, um who break mainstream and get signed to big labels and like have such an enormous following. Yeah. Uh, I regard them more as projects hmm. than, than, um, than self-made artists. Whoa. Oh, projects like by the label. Yes. Like they're the labels albums. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh I, shit. Because the Drake EP well, by no, cash money. You need to like, <laughs> I, I know that KDOT has probably worked with a couple ghostwriters, right? Yeah. But sure. his stories are incredibly personal. Mm. You know, uh, intricately detailed. Yeah, you can you can see a common thread, um, I think, all Mm. the way from. uh, uh, God damn it, man. I'm so fucking embarrassed. What's what's the one he got? Like the mini the minivan. Good kid. Good kid. Yeah. yeah, Good kid through damn. You can see a common thread through that. Yeah, definitely. You can see like a pretty solid story. Drake, I haven't seen that with his albums. Mm. um, And so many of his projects are just clearly written by by other people <laughs> I, I feel like he's not in the room a lot of the time yeah you know um and sure like he'll get he'll get a dope verse like you know he fucking like will end meek in. mill's career for like a whole year <laughs> you know? he'll write that one yeah. but <laughs> he um i don't see it all coming from him yeah and i i i want to know more about the people who an artist like that works with i'm more intro interested in who oh, your producers those are. People, I'm more interested yeah. in who who the people who do the concepts for your art are like who who makes Drake Drake because I don't think it's Drake yeah and it's not just Aubrey of, Graham yeah. and, a lot and, of people and, make him Drake yeah yeah and on, and on top of that there's a lot of problematic behavior behind that man like he huh. he's been seen uh, I, I honestly believe that he's been grooming young girls oh man here we go here we go wait wait hold up let me hit the soundboard on that one i gotta hit the air horn okay we haven't hit the soundboard in like six episodes say that one more time drake's been doing what drake's been grooming young girls hey don't like i I, you heard it here first people like seriously i think i think you need to look at this shit damn this is i believe the person that he's seeing currently uh he has like there's documented pictures of them having met when she was like fucking 16, 17, oh my. and he only come public when she uh, oh has my. turned 18, you know? Um, but I mean, that's, that's, that's all what I gotta say about that. What has this episode turned into? I don't, oh, dude. I don't consume Rory a lot. Rory is true to the rabbit hole sessions, I don't, people. I don't consume a lot of Drake, all mm-hmm. right? Um, so do you think it's fair, your comments you just made them, if you don't consume too much? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, look, that, that's up to the person who's listening to this, mm-hmm. man. Like, uh, I'm a person who hasn't produced a single album, but I still identify as an artist. Of course, you know? of course. So no, and you're speaking you, as a listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you if you regard me like if, if you regard me as not having a valid opinion there, okay, fine. But just think about think about what makes an artist's image, and think about what mm. makes an artist an artist. You, you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. And yeah. I want to... Okay, so let's let's uh, steer away from Drake before we get shut down. But, let's uh, get away from him. He's going to come down on us hard. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll put only that clip out like on YouTube. It'll be our first YouTube clip ever. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one because we're going to shut down. Yeah. But on that idea of just, you know, artistry, persona, creating... Mm-hmm. 
uh, like an artistic character, basically, yeah. like we were talking about with Kendrick and mm-hmm. uh, the stories and the themes that are based off real life and they're based yeah. off real events and stuff. But it's essentially this concept I like to call romanticized reality. Yeah. Where you're spicing up what really happened, where yeah. your imagination, your reactions are real in the mm-hmm. sense of they really happen, but doesn't mean they're necessarily true yeah. to what happened, right? You know what I mean? Like your perceptions. And so I was talking with Emilio uh, the other day about this, actually, and it was just speaking about me specifically, and it was talking about TOD versus Tyler, where it's like everything in the music for Tyler is this romanticized reality stuff that we're talking about. Okay. But for TOD, it's real life. Okay. Everything right. written in the songs happened in TOD, right? But the right. Tyler, it did but didn't at the same time. So it's like, yeah. it's this weird kind of, you, you're living as two people, but you're also not. And, yeah. I, and I would love to one day ask one of those artists who are really good with their character development yeah. and story-driven yeah, 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 stuff yeah. in their work what that is like. So just, I don't know, what do you think about that type of notion? Um, well, does your brand become a story? I think that's mm. a, I think that's some I think that's something to think about. Dude, that was um, deep. Like, I I actually want to shout out some some local Boston talent. I because I, I I do not want to record a podcast in Boston about art and music without uh, shouting out the Boston uh, hip hop community. Fact, go All for right. it. Um, the Boston hip hop community is a small scene. It is spectacular. Hmm. All right, but you need to know where to look. Um, you have the names that have kind of popped out of Massachusetts. Um, Joyner Lucas is a big deal out of Worcester. You, that, that's that's a, that's a name that's fucking known. Yeah. Um, Bia. Yeah. Right now, there's a kid named Chase Chowder, which is actually funny because <laughs> when I, I built my first like amateur studio back yeah. in when I was living in uh, Brighton, yeah, I don't wow. live there no more. Back Y'all can find me. Um, Chase Chowder lived nice. right the fuck next to me. <laughs> oh, and you <laughs> and had, I was did you, out. You yeah. ever worked with him? Yeah. No, I never worked with him because yeah. I was I was I was busy with school at that time. Oh, of like course, I was yeah. doing acting and theater and all that shit. But yeah. one day I was just like I was just smoking a blunt outside of my porch, and um, this like this 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 blonde kid like just pops over the. He like pops over the, the <laughs> awning smoking? and he goes, yeah. he goes, yo man, how's it going? And I'm oh like, wait, yo, what? You doing good? You want to rip of this? And the end like out like a, like a fucking Looney Tunes like this bomb. Just, this <laughs> I'm like out of this pocket just, like, sh- <laughs> like just 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 appears. At Here you. you go. And it just keeps going. It's just so comically large. Yeah. And he's just like, and it, he just like keeps. It's, it's like it took like a full thirty minutes right. to finally pass <laughs> over the over the balcony and he hands it to me and I take like a fat rip and I'm like, yo, what's your name, man? And he goes, oh my, yo, my name's Chase. I'm like, your yeah. word. Um, uh, well, well, where are you from, Chase? And he's like, I'm from Boston, man. I, I make music. Um, and uh, I I got into a little bit of Chase's stuff. Um, and he's definitely a pretty, he's definitely like a pretty cool, uh, connected rapper and fantastic yeah. lyricist. Shout out to Chase Chowder. Shout out to Chase Chowder. That's some talent you need to know. Some more talent you need to know. Uh, by the way, the, the, we got to this by talking about branding. Chase has a brand. All right. Mm-hmm. Chase brands himself fucking well. Right. He has a persona. He has his crew. Um, and he has his style of, uh, lyricism and rap. So like, check him out. That's a person who you can, you know who that person is yeah. by their music. All right. Mm. Um, Another person, though, uh, who I think is a, a little bit of a different Boston vibe, uh, which is the vibe that I feel a little bit more connected to, um, is centered around uh, names like Oomp Out Loud, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Brandy Blaze, mm. Red Shades, and Cliff Notes. Okay. These right now are the artists in Boston that I'm following the most closely. Cliff Notes is Haitian American. He's a dread. Uh, his albums are be- beautiful. I, I don't I don't I don't have another 
There's not another adequate word. What does that mean? He's um, a dread. Uh, he got dreadlocks, nigga. What the oh, fuck? Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. No, I figured that. I didn't know if that meant something further, right? Like, <laughs> if it was deeper than that. The, I looked. Also, I looked, dread is a word in English that means bad shit. So, okay, you know, well, just make it sure. I think you need to tamp down on your empty blackness. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Oh, that's um, so funny. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Cliff Notes um, collaborate. This is, I just want to say this is good because normally yeah. it's me making these jokes with James yeah. and Emilio, and yeah. it's very inappropriate, so right. I appreciate right. this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jokes, can, people, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're comfortable here. Yeah. Very much so. Um, so, uh, Cliff Notes collaborates with a lot of artists in Boston who don't actually center around hip-hop. I, I can't name... Mm. Um, a lot of names off the top of my head. I haven't gotten into like the rock right. alt scene in Boston too much, but um, on off his last album, which is called "Why the Wild Things Are," really fantastic. Ooh. He's based his uh, uh, last two albums off of uh, children's books, mm-hmm. uh, and this is called "Why the Wild Things Are." Um, he starts with this um, sample of just amazing melodic orchestral music. Uh, that goes into like a really slow, steady boom bap type of rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next track he has is like a pretty, um, it has a conventional sort of trap rhythm, uh, but then it comes in with a very, um, I don't know how to say it, like kind of throbbing 808. It's, it's, it's pretty different from, from the shit I've heard before. And, okay. and then as the album progresses, he incorporates acoustic guitar, he incorporates um, a lot of elements of rock, but at the same time, uh, whenever I'm listening to his music, I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm on a cloud, I feel like wow. I'm, I'm sort of living a dream, and he's a person wow. uh, that seems to have branded himself, and, and don't quote me on this, because I, I uh, you know, haven't sat down and had a conversation with him, but his brand seems to be someone who's like willing to take musical risks. He, mm. I, when I think cliff notes, I think Explorer, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Um, that's a good ass. Yeah, dude, yeah, I want that on my yeah, name. Yeah. Now I also want to shout out the, the, the female talent in Boston. Of course. Because, please, you must. Uh, I was, uh, female talent. I don't really know how I feel about that. Uh, female like, femme, talent. Femme, like, <laughs> Roy's on a roll, yo. <laughs> this is a good start. Like, uh, but, but, but yeah, I need to give, I need to give some credit to course. The, the, the women artists in Boston, uh, uh, the like non-binary femme artists in Boston and all, all these people. Okay. Yep. They are dominating the scene. Give me some names. I do not see, uh, I do not see the men here like making ways like they are. Really? For, like for real, for real. Um, I've met. Me. I, I I actually got the chance to meet and talk with a lot of these people through this fantastic network called uh, the Dorchester. I want to get there. In, I want to get there in one yeah, second. Dorchester Art Project. You you gotta check that. It, yeah, we'll, we'll get. We'll I get just want to shout out the names first. Then we'll go right yeah, in. Yeah, that, right up. What, what are the names? Oomph Out Loud, Brandy Blaze, Red Shades. The first artist that I ever, uh, I felt like I needed to see in Boston was Oomph Out Loud, hmm. and Oomph Out Loud. Um, is a spoken word uh, poet first. Um, she was born in Boston. Uh, she went to high school in Eastie. Um, and she has uh, two albums right now. First one is called November 3rd. Second one is called Cleo. Uh, her sophomore album, I want to I, I let this be known, okay? Yeah. She's been doing this for maybe, I think, just under three years. Shit. 100K. 100k plays on her sophomore album the whole album not just a song yeah 
shit. She, you. That so is she's not doing normal. It. I think maybe over three hundred k. Can you like, put, can you, can we can we play something? Well, we, we, we can, can cut play, this part. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I'll pull up some uh, about Oom while we're talking. Um, no, 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 no. But, wait, 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 we shouldn't do it while we're talking. Yeah, so we'll either finish it, and then play or play. Yeah, then we'll do a little bit later. Um, but she is a positive lyrical genius. Um, I definitely yeah, I and she's that. about I think, I think she's like maybe four eleven on a good day. <laughs> um, four eleven. No, I, I don't know how tall she. Is. She's short. Oh, like, oh she's short. Oh, the amount of power that that person has yeah. inside them, holy, hmm. holy shit, holy shit. Uh, her first album, I think, um, she had a more uh, consistent beat selection, but the second one was just off the fucking chain. And I hmm. went to the opening. Uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 release party for the album Cleo, which was based off the uh, character Cleo played by Queen Latifah, um, hmm. and I, I think the film was called Cleo. Is that Miss but, Cleo? Huh? Is that who we're talking about? Miss Cleo? Is that the same thing? Uh, nah, nah. Fuck, I don't know nah, shit, huh? Nah. Don't kill me, everybody. Nah, don't that's kill some stereo, me. <laughs> that's some stereo, That's some Jamaican stereotype. Don't come. Don't come in my house with that. Uh oh. <laughs> oh yeah, there's the flag hanging flag up right there. The we drinking some Jamaican yeah, rum. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe I should shut up. Yeah, shout out to Bob's Ray, looking down shout on out us. To Ray and nephew and Red Stripe, our sponsors. Please pay. Oh um, yeah, we got both. You're right. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, Cleo was um. That's funny. Cleo was a uh, Queen Latifah identifies as as, as queer, I believe. Um, sure. Yeah, Umpa, I think so. Umpa also believe uh, identifies as queer. I think mm-hmm. they're more of a person that's just like love is love is love. Yeah. Uh, but it's cool to see uh, a rapper who comes across real as fuck, unafraid to present as the person that they are in a game that's run by people um, who fake, tend to be bro. like hetero, hyper masculine. And um, fake as fuck as yeah, well. And fake, oftentimes fake <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I've noticed that shit so yeah, much, dude, yeah. even on just like this minor scale that yeah. I've been stirring in. Yeah. And it's crazy. I yeah. thought it was always trumped up before yeah. or trumped up um, or exaggerated, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. But any vibe she puts on, She'll she'll fucking kill it. Mm-hmm. The same thing with Brandy Blaze. I'm not gonna spend as much time on Brandy Blaze. I don't know their work as well. I went Sorry. to her most recent release party uh, as well, which is a fantastic experience. Uh, like she's like she's like kind of kind of like polar opposite of Oompa. She's like a big big woman. She's uh, she she has like so much power behind her voice. Oompa's voice, uh, I'd say has has, has um uh I don't want to say delicate. I want to say a little bit softer flow. But Brandy yeah. will come. Brandy's vibe. She went on a podcast called It's Lit Boston. Check it out if you want to mm. get deeper into Boston culture. Brandy's vibe, as she described, was "I'll fuck your nigga, then kill him after." <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> which I think is like perfectly. That's either the best night of your life, right, or the worst, right? <laughs> Yo, so that's that's the level that Brandy's on. Um, check her shit out. Fucking slaps. Uh, wild, wild shit. And then Red Shades um, is a is a. Um, I describe her as an entrepreneur. I describe her as an intellectual. I describe her as an incredibly talented lyricist, an incredibly talented rapper. Mm. Uh, her music didn't uh, engage me initially as much as um, Oompa, Cliff, or Shades. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you should not check out Red Shades mm-hmm. because in her album, she has a lot to say if you stop and listen. And her beat selection is fantastic. I'm not sure of the names of the producers that she works with, but she's worked with very talented people. Uh, and she's also a, a, a Jamaican. So, you know, shout out to me, sister. And, you know, big, big up me, sister. Man. Of course, of um, course. Um, the uh, you you want to switch over to Dorchester Art Project? I, I do, I do, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, let's take a pause real quick. This episode is also brought to you by Age of Information. Let's face it, the clothes you wear are an extension of you. It's an expression of yourself and your ideas, and this is exactly what Age of Information is all about. Age of Info is a streetwear clothing company. 
dedicated to bold expression and creative ideas through fashion. With classics such as the Still Counting My Blessings hat, Future is in the Hands of the Youth hoodie, and the Never Selling Out Long Sleeve tee, all three of which I personally own and definitely stand by. With inspiration often stemming from hip-hop and stories of come-up and independent grind, Age of Info reflects all of these into their designs to give you the confidence to achieve the same. Age of Info, creating for the culture of now. Get one today at ageofinfo.com or at ageofinfo on Instagram. Yo, I'm officially co-signing. Oompa, Oompa out loud. signing, co-signing. Needs yeah. to be uh, checked out. Y'all need to check her out. You know, Oompa, that's double O-O-O-M-P-A or Oompa out loud, double O-M-P-O-U-T. Wait, but she's under both? Like, where can they find her on Spotify? You can find her on both. Oompa is how she's listed on Spotify. I believe that's what she's using now. Right. Um, that's but without the Loompa. Yeah. Just Oompa, folks. Just Oompa. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you said you, that you met her and then the other, um, some of the names you threw out at this place called Dorchester Art Project. Uh, so, and you were telling me a little bit about that off mic, but give me some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Oompa, I just, I just happened to find through SoundCloud because I just went on uh, SoundCloud and searched for Boston artists specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found a lot of people. Some I don't, I don't really listen to. Like some uh, I, I stuck with, like Oompa. Uh, because the first song I ever heard by Oompa uh, was, goddamn, what was it? It was off of the album November 3rd, uh, and the track was called Catch 22. Hmm. Check and it out. she was, um, she went in and she immediately talked about some like really, re- really conscious, poignant stuff about what it is to be uh, black and what that can mean for you socioeconomically. Did you just say all oh, black? No, what that could... Is that, is that what you said? I, thought, I mean, damn, man. I, oh, hope, I hope not. It Shit. sounded like what it no, means what to it, be a uh, black. To be yeah. black. I think, I think what no, I think you just said uh. You said like U H U H. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, my bad. My yeah. bad. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm sorry. That's my half white side coming through. I got I got. And that's me. That's my half white side hearing that part. It's all black. Okay. So um, but but yeah, just jokes, people. What the black experience means and a lot about how you're perceived differently right. when you're black. Cause, cause I, I know like both Tyler and I have w- without question have had to have those experiences. Sure. Um, uh, but anyway, I just searched for oomph. Um, and I listened to her for about a year and then I ran across cliff and through cliff, um, I found that he was doing some projects with Dorchester art project. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well what, what's this, what's this space about? So I looked them up on Instagram, Dorchester Art Project. They're a nonprofit founded a few, just a few years ago, very recently. And Dor- Dorchester Art Project is their place where they rent space for artists. Very cheap, only 50 bucks an hour. It's brilliant if you get, like, if you get into their, their system and, like, talk with the people and network, which, like, God, God like, thank God I got the opportunity to do. Um, they will connect you to so many wonderful people. Um, it's run by a nonprofit called Brain Arts, uh, I believe. Um... And the more I looked at Dorchester Art Project, the more artists I found having uh, events there or mm-hmm. being sponsored by them. Uh, the first event I ever went to at Dorchester Art Project was for um, a fantastic singer named Miranda Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miranda Ray recently uh, dropped an album. I went to that listening party. Listening parties and release parties. Uh-huh. That, but if you're going to go to shows and you can only make it to a few shows, find those shows. That's the one. It, it don't really matter if, whether you know the so artist wait, or not. Do they perform live as well or um, they just play shit from it, the album? It depends. Miranda, uh, she did not perform that night. 
Okay. Uh, she was there to listen, and that was really cool because I got to. I I recently like um, uh, like have been listening to a lot of podcasts, and so as a consequence, nice. like I've been listening to less music as I walk to work and stuff like that. Because yeah. I, I like I like history. I like um uh, I, I like that. learning about um geopolitics, like history, yeah. Black history. Like leftism especially. Um, uh, and I found myself going, oh, I'm not listening to you know as, as much beats. So maybe I should discipline myself if I want to keep making music. Hmm. And I went to Miranda Ray's party, and they set down ground rules like immediately. Um, uh, no there was this hmm. I hope uh, person there who was like okay I'm gonna run the show here's the deal you sit down and listen okay phones away you if you gotta leave you leave you ain't coming back wow. it was about it was about Miranda and my god it was about Miranda cause she opened herself up I learned about new producers I learned a lot about her perspective on the world and where she came from you know she hmm. wasn't from Boston originally I'm not from Boston originally and we all we both moved around a lot she both had to uh, like reconcile with what her identity was when she moved back to Boston. Um, she was born there, moved away for a long time, came back. Uh, and that was a lot of... It was beautiful because you could hear her story. Mm-hmm. You could hear her story in that album. Even though she didn't talk about it, she talked about her story before the album played and you heard so much about that person. Oh, wow. And th- that, that's what I want to project through my own music and as I write more lyrics and as right. I learn a little bit more about the community that I feel myself being able to do that more. And that's because Dorchester Art Project set up this space and all these people get... I've met these rap- these rappers, like, they, they are fucking stars to me. Like, hmm. if you don't know their names, that's fine, man. That's fine. Because this is something special. At Brandy's release party, Oompa was walking out the door and she recognized my face because I'd contacted her at one point to say, yeah. hey, I'm going to do some photography at your show here, have a couple pictures. And she hmm. rolls up and she recognizes me. She looks at me. She dasks me up. Yo, how you doing, man? It's good <laughs> to see you. And I'm just like, Feels yo, good. <laughs> yo you, you just met your favorite rapper. Wow. That's tight. Dude, That's wow. Tight. And you can yeah. do that because you network in your community and you appreciate That's uh, what it means to like be a part of it. And I don't want to say that. Um, I am representative of the Boston community. But you're Check part out, of it. Well, yeah, I'm, def- I'm a part of it as it exists now. Check out Dorchester Art Project. Check out the people who grew up here. Check out the people who know the street names mm. and know what it means to grow oh, up I black see. in yep. Boston and stuff like that. Okay? Yep, yep, you give yep. them your money and you give them their support. Right? Because yep. the, the theory that I have developed um, over trying to become more immersed in the art scene... Um, and there are plenty of other festivals too. You know, there's yeah. there's Boston Arts Music Festival. There's like uh, the the Somerville Porch Festival, like oh, Fenway Porch Fest, this type of shit. Check oh, it out. Yeah. But the theory that I've arrived at is that art does not come. From, I think the best art does not come from the most talented person in the room. It comes from how much the people in the room can learn from each other. And Dorchester Art Project Ooh. cultivates that space. And if you're not in Boston, then what you should do is find spaces that cultivate that energy because you cannot create good music with only yourself as a point of reference. You wow. cannot create good art at all if you're not observant of the world around you and the people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've suffered from fucking terrible anxiety. I've suffered from depression. I've, 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 I've been in, like, dark places before. I've made shitty decisions. All right, man? But learning to be a part of a community has helped me so much just learning to listen not even immerse yourself just take some time to learn about the people around you and where you're at and the people who do stuff around you that you love to do Mm -hmm. and that's been very crucial to my not just my development as an artist 
my development of a person as well. Dude, that was beautiful. Oh, holy shit. Good looks. If I had a live audience right now, I'd signal the, uh, I'd signal the little clap symbol or the clapboard. I'll take an emoji, man. You just like... <laughs> a little, like a little gif? Gif or gif? I'm just the emoji, man. And make it like make it like one shade darker than, than like my skin. Bro, can we talk about that? Yeah. On the fucking... Uh, those emojis where you could change the skin color. Listen, I appreciate that part, but you got to change the hair. Yo, you you keep the hair the, the same as the white hair. hair. Like, what the fuck? It's just not enough, right? Like, my hair doesn't look like... <laughs> it's so funny because my rapper named Todd is a white guy. Right? Like, Tyler yeah, on the Van yeah, T.O.D. Yeah, okay. Todd. But I don't look like that guy. <laughs> Can I get some curly hair if you're going to shade the skin a bit? <laughs> a weave? Is that what you said? <laughs> A dread, finding a dread. Yeah, like make make it make, instead of like just a line, make it a make, make it like a double axis. Okay, so you got you got your skin mm. color, and then you got your hair. You make okay. it a grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got grid. options. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Why do they gotta do this to my goddamn country? Now I gotta see him on my phone too. What is what? What was that? <laughs> what? I think you know how these people react. Oh, you do it. Wait, okay. Diverse. Wait, wait. They can't get any more diverse than this. They're gonna start a war. <laughs> All right, before this turns into a name calling battle. God damn, man. No, no, no. I, I, I really, I really just love what you said about the Dorchester Art Project, and you know, we're gonna try and go there, and I'm gonna try and go there with you as soon as I can, but. I just love that idea of a space of expression and being authentic. And you mentioned art is like art is collaborative in nature, right? The, Fundamentally, the yeah. most not even just art, like the most creative and innovative mm -hmm. and anything that ever advanced us as people was a collaborative effort. Yeah, there are names that shine through history, of course, because maybe some people get buried in history and some just take the um, front page, whether maliciously or not. That happens, but. It is inherently a collaborative thing. So the fact that they're the fact that the city actually puts effort into making those spaces, yeah. I think is and if we want to go into like shit like urban planning yeah. is one of the key things I think you have to think about in the city. Because yeah. you're dealing with people. You're not dealing with numbers and figures. Sure on paper it's like this many people live in that neighborhood, this many people live there, here are the these lines, here are those boundaries, blah 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 blah. But you're dealing with real people at the end of the day. So you need to give them real people yeah. things, which are expression in a multitude of ways. Physically, so maybe you give them a rec center. Yeah. Artistically, you make Dorchester Art Project, yeah, right? Yeah, like mentally, you put a library there. 100%. Like all of these things are super important yeah. developmental aspects of society that really benefits us all because it makes us all better people. Yeah. So even if you don't immediately go there, you're going to interact with the community indirectly that, that is enriched because of, because of it yeah 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 absolutely and exists because of it. of it exactly it's both mm -hmm. and that will further enrich into you know other communities bleed into it hopefully that's the goal but like integration and such but so i just think that's really cool yeah um what do you plan to do with them in the future do you plan on like collaborating more do you plan on being back hosting <sighs> some of your shit there you know i i should hope that um over the next couple years maybe next year um, but you know, we'll, we'll see where life takes me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in forcing anything, but I'm going to continue to work as hard as I can. And I want to have my first release party there. Wow. Let's go dude. Um, I know that my plan is to go to every single one of their open mics. If you're in Boston and you want to go to a nice open mic, pull up yo. poetry, comedy, any shit that you do go to Dorchester art, art project. The last Tuesday 
of every month. You'll see Rory and I there, I'm sure. Yes, I'm perhaps, sure perhaps you will. will. My goal, <laughs> yeah, my goal, my goal is indeed to hit that uh, on that and off stage, uh, once a month for the entire year 2020. If I miss one, mm. it is what it is. But that's a good I will goal, try dude. Most. That's a good achievable goal in your passion because I've been asking people recently. Just excuse me, <clears throat> insight insight into my life. I've been living that like studio rat life where i've just been yeah, trying to yeah. hit studio studio session 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 and so i've been just oh, so not like bedroom artists like his many studios <coughs> well both both okay good looks i mean i don't i don't like belittle a home studio you know even what we got here like even if it's not radio quality it's the foundation of creation right mm-hmm. like this is yeah. it's possibly as authentic as it can get there are even times in the studio where i feel less real than somewhere here mm-hmm. right yeah so I definitely don't discredit that, but, and it's different levels of people mm-hmm. set up, of course, so it, it ranges, and then also there are some professional studios I've been to at as well, but I've just been trying to, like, pick brains of all these different producers, engineers, artists, like, all these different collaborators I've gotten to be in the room with, because, um, shit, what were we talking about? I don't know, but we were talking about Dorchester Art Project. Dude, shit, we were. What yeah. the hell were we talking about with that? Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me pause for a sec, because I want to hear. Okay, I remember now. So... Um, uh, about goals, you know, and I've just been asking all these different collaborators and people that have been working about what their, like, creative goals or goals for their passions are for the year. It's just, you know, start of the year, it's easy to ask it around here. And so I just like the idea that you just set a very achievable, creative, sustainable, and fruitful goal. Yo, man, I like, didn't, it's I all didn't realize things. that until you just said that. Thank you. It's uh, And yeah. it's true, and it's, like, it's That's important a, to do because yo. otherwise... You're, it's like yeah. otherwise they're too daunting, right? Like yeah. you have to set steps or too for yourself. Vague, you know, too v- exactly. Yeah. Like if yeah. you don't define it, you're not gonna do it. If yeah. it seems too hard, most people are not gonna do it because most people just. I mean, that's just in, in our nature, right? Like if it's really hard, then we find easier ways around it, right? But the fact that it is something where I'm gonna try and hit every uh, open mic, which is only once a month, so it's a it's a commitment that I can very reasonably make, even if, mm-hmm. you know, things pick up in yeah, life 100%. later on. If it's 100%. once a month, I can commit to that. That's what and that's what I think is an important gem to take from this is set goals, and this is not just musically or creatively, but set goals that are achievable. Set goals that are, you can actually mark progress by a week by week, month by month, yes. maybe it's day by day basis, because otherwise there's no motivation to keep going. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no spark. Make the make the same. Be driven by the same things that I am as a as a 22 year old. I have it mm. all figured out. I have everything figured out. Do exactly as <laughs> <laughs> do exactly as I as I do. That's funny. That's funny. It's funny you say that though, because sometimes I wonder about like just the audience that would listen to this, and it is probably people our age for the most part, yeah. maybe somewhat younger. But there's, I think there's insight to be had from your peers especially at this stage where we're in a very creative less structure and an unknown stage where the unknown makes it like the wild wild west where it's like anything can happen and now we're gonna make a what life exactly, of, what exactly do you mean by the unknown um kind of in the sense like you know i just graduated right and Oh, the stage I don't know. of life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like I don't know yeah, what's next. Yeah, I'm not yeah, at a point yeah. where I have anything set, really. Nothing's concrete. And so it's like, while that can be scary, because there's a lack of security there, mm-hmm. there's also a freedom there, which is like, okay, but now the world's open. Let me let me go do something. Yeah. Let me go. It's almost, and that's why I was saying like Wild Wild West or even Frontier Age US or anywhere where it's like, we're living on the skin of our teeth because we are just discovering and frontiering this 
you know, frontier yeah. <laughs> this space like we are creating it for self and so it's like that's how i kind of envision it for self where there's this immense freedom but there's a lack of security that does come with immense freedom yeah i mean that's absolutely. that's why we have government right like government yeah. is imposing on freedom quote unquote to give mm-hmm. you rights right so you have to figure out what the trade-off is there that works for you and i think yeah. that's we're just in that stage in life you mean like discover your um like discover where the limits are where the limits are, and maybe like just what in terms works in terms of government. That's, that's that's what I meant. Oh, oh. Well, the government thing I was saying was just because what's supreme freedom is no rules, no nothing. Blah 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 blah. Rights that are granted by a government are essentially impositions on freedoms, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think I mean for the better. For well, most part, how for the does better. how does your freedom have an impact on someone else's? How does your freedom to do same yeah, yeah, thing yeah. affect somebody else's freedom to do a different thing? Uh, well, it depends what things we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's that matters. Mm-hmm. So let me put some context mm-hmm. into just give it a random example. And again, I'm not promoting any of these things. I'm just saying these would be freedoms. For example, if there was no government, whatever, whatever, you and me sitting right here, you have that cup. If sure. I want that cup, I have the freedom to stab you, take that cup. Now it's mine, right? You do. But now with a government involved or some type of overarching structure involved, you have the right to not be harmed, right? Like for your possessions, right? And I don't have the right to harm you to do it. So my freedom to harm you and take your stuff is gone because it's been carved away by what we call rights and what we think people are deserving. Now, like I said, that's a good thing. <laughs> like I want that in a society, but that's just to illustrate the example of rights are inherently impositions on yeah. freedom, just in its base sense. Yeah. Not saying that's bad, but just in its base sense. I do, I do think that's an important point to consider, and, and this is kind of where, uh, if if you if you'd care to, uh, do, do you have anything else you want to talk about in the show? Like, you have I have. Uh, we can talk about anything. I have okay, nothing specific. Cool, we can cool. go anywhere. In, in, in yeah. this case, I actually want to go a little bit toward um, uh, uh, rights and government and Love um, it. our 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 economic system. Shit, uh, let's and do what, it, dude. And what the and what the state's function is. Let's dive, well. um, because I think it's really interesting how you brought those freedoms. Yeah, hundred percent. Actually, that's a perfect example of your freedom to do do something infringes on somebody else's freedom, mm-hmm. like your right to life versus somebody's right to enrich themselves. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You take that cup. I don't know what you're gonna do with it, but you clearly wanted it bad enough to stab me for it. Mm-hmm. Is it purely the government that? enforces that constraint though Ooh, i like that that's I'll, the question because are yeah. you not going to do that because you're a decent person mm-hmm. and you have morals and values are yeah. you not going to do that because you simply don't have the stomach to do it because stabbing someone's fucking hard it's a lot that's some of the that's hardest a personal kill. In the world to do i'm that from jamaica personal I members who've had to talk to that about you know Oof, so, yeah what other constraints exist aside from the government yeah no i, I and i think that's a very good point um exactly i was learning in shout out to uh, Professor Malinowski at Suffolk University. Last class, one of the last classes I took was philosophy of law, which was basically, and one of the last units we learned was what makes law law. Like, what is it? What are these things that make rules like enforceable and that we follow? And just some of the few basic models where one was, um, there's the coercion model, which is laws are laws when they're able to be backed up by coercive force, mm-hmm. right? By some whatever some origin yeah there's the authority model which is laws are laws when they're made by what we deem as the right authority that opens up its own field of questions wait and the, hold up uh I, sorry finish sorry, that point yeah. for it's just only one more there's only one more and then the third one is the rules we live by which is what you're talking about which is like this 
informal set of unwritten codes that we just follow because that's what we do around here. Mm -hmm. And so those are like the three main models that we kind of dis discussed. So like you're saying, all of those things, all of those things feed into um, what makes decisions, what shapes decisions and what we do. Obviously, we live in a world where we've been conditioned by rights and freedoms, by structures that have existed hundreds of years before us. Mm -hmm. Right. But in its nature. I think that's a good conversation to have. And like just morality in general is a thing of perspective. Is there a shared morality? Do we all believe there's a few things that we could agree upon are good for us and therefore everybody, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. You know, what was the question you were about to ask? Yeah. Uh, so my question was, how do you distinguish the, the first two? Because coercion versus authority. Uh, yes, because I feel like having authority, um, at least in our society, is often defined by coercion. Yes. So how, yes, how do you definitely. distinguish the two? Maybe not in the context of our society, but, but generally. In general, yeah. yeah. Well, and to just add in that third one, just to give the explanation a little more context, is I think um, that middle one, the authority model, I think is a balance between the other two if we're talking about, quote-unquote, faith. And mm -hmm. by that I mean... Let me, let me let me explain what I mean. So in the I think the coercion model operates from this stance of lack of faith in people or lack of faith in goodness, which is okay. like you're gonna follow this because we have the force to back it up, right? Like you're not gonna listen if we just say do it. So we're gonna force you to do, or there's gonna be some coercive force that's gonna be like, okay, you're gonna follow. Then on the other spectrum, the rules we follow, or so the rules we live by. I think in a sense operates on too much good faith, which is thinking, oh, people are just going to follow us because it's what we believe or like because it's what we do because it's the right thing, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So there's a part of me that believes that middle authority model. And again, it takes some specific context, which I'll explain, but where that kind of hits the happy medium where there is an authority that is chosen by the people, believed in by the people and granted the, um, the status of authority by the people. And again, yeah. some of this not again, but some of this reflects U.S. structure, right, or contemporary government, which what a lot of people I think around here would consider. But um, and then it also on the other end operates with coercive force, but in mm -hmm. a sense that we granted them that power to do it, and if we feel like they're not using it right, we could take it away, type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So a democracy almost, but um, or a republic, like a what's it called? What do we have right now? We live in a republic, a like representative democracy. So that's the point that I will argue. Oh, well, I mean, that theoretically, I, theoretically, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we could but, talk specifics okay. probably for all day, but, but I just as mean it chooses to define itself. Yes. It, Say it, again? It, 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 as it chooses to define itself, I think we we would say the United States is a republic. Who else would define it as otherwise? Or what would they define it as? Um, I, I personally would regard it as an oligarchy. Oh, shit. Are we, go, are we getting into like companies and shit like that? Like billionaires? Um, I, I wouldn't say, here's the deal. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's billionaires. I would say that it's capital itself. Hmm. Um, because that puts the onus on the individual to create all the change. I, I'm not, in the 20th century, um, especially with the rise of the fascism, um, an idea was popularized around the concept of the great man theory. Yeah. And I, I believe there's been like various iterations of this throughout history, and it's not like these sure. are two like specific academic schools of thought. Um, I'm not an academic, but I am someone who's very interested and concerned about this sort of thing because materially we are headed toward a very dark time. Mm -hmm. um, 
if you look at how quickly the climate is changing, if you look how quickly uh, we are uh, just tearing through nat natural resources, uh, if we're looking toward how much uh, the population is increasing, not so much the population increasing, but how much the population is going to proceed to consume over the next few decades mm -hmm. and the drastic changes uh, to our climate uh, that will affect the means of production, our capacity to produce uh, food. It, you, you need to start thinking about this. This is, this is serious. Mm -hmm. you, you can't live outside of it. And if you choose to, it's going to find you. Definitely. Right? So we started this conversation about me viewing the United States as an oligarchy. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's essentially <laughs> run by capital in so far that capital exists to perpetuate and create more of itself. Mm -hmm. A company is oh. not guided by the central philosophy of an evil CEO. Okay. It can function that way if it's a certain corporate structure, but most of the time those corporations will run themselves into the ground right. if the CEO or the whoever controls the level of levers of power in that corporation, it's it's all based on the tangentially based on interpersonal relationships because yeah. that's that's just the way boards work. Like we say intersider trading is illegal, but we know what happened in two thousand eight. Okay? It was people making bets on dividends that they knew were guaranteed to fail and then bailing out at the last minute. And then these men got positions of power inside the White House. They got positions of power and authority in mm. our federal government mm. through revolving door, which is essentially a politician uh, 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 going to a company afterward, getting a new position inside the federal government because they have so much insight into how those systems work. Uh, essentially the way it works because we live under capitalism yeah and this is incredibly this is very 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 basic i would highly recommend reading the, the following books if you want to have a better understanding of how this functions i would uh look into capital don't start there i would read a communist manifesto by karl marx read socialism utopian and scientific by karl marx and friedrich engels mm -hmm. i would also highly recommend reading the state and revolution by vladimir lenin uh these are very very serious Marxist philosophers. The tenant, the central tenet of Marxism that's essential to understand if you want to have a discussion about it is that history is defined by the um, means of production. Whoa. Right? Okay. Material conditions are what determine the course of history, not great men. The great man theory hmm. was someone was uh, someone who could define themselves like, say, Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini, think fascism. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was <laughs> interesting. Napoleon, interesting yeah. first example. <laughs> yeah, Napoleon Bonaparte, Julius Caesar, George Washington, yeah. like men that we've regarded to be the conquerors. These exactly, yeah, these grand exactly. yeah figures. Yeah, now, singular. They, there's no denying they have a huge impact as individuals, without question. But what gave them the capacity to have that power in the moment? The material conditions Whoa. on the ground. That's a good point. When the American Revolution occurred. It essentially was run by wealthy merchants. If you look at the people who were writing the Constitution, a significant portion were slave owners. I don't know if it's the majority, but a significant portion were slave owners. Yeah. These, this was not the working class. Right. Okay. These were not the people that ran the mills. These right. were not the people that grew food. These were not the people that 
actually did the work to produce the material abundance that allowed wow. us to create capital. That's a good okay. point, dude. It was yeah. run by the merchants who had the ability to profit off of it. Mm-hmm. Another tenet that you need to realize about Marxism is that wages are inherently theft. All right? Just stop whatever you want. Yeah. If you look at wages, all of the labor that you do is given to your higher-ups. Okay? So what you have when you go to work every day is you produce a certain amount of capital. However much money you earned at your job that day is only earned by the company because you showed up. If nobody showed up, then that company doesn't produce any money, which is capital. So all of the capital is controlled by the owner. The owner of the capital is who we would define as capitalist. And during the American Revolution, these were the merchants, you know, these were slaveholders, and these were the people that had the material capacity to start a revolution in the first place. So if you want to continue down that line and recognize that the levers of power, if you look at the start of World War One, if you look at what happened uh, uh, during the French Revolution, Paris was essentially run as a commune, as a communist mini society. Um, in the late 1800s for a very brief period of time before the French imperial government came back with an army and and destroyed it. Uh, And the reasons these revolutions occurred is because the pursuit of capital by the people who controlled it, or rather by capital itself, because those people are only motivated to make more money. They're They're not motivated by morality, but your well-being and in effect the well-being of society after all if you couldn't run this system then how could you create the material abundance to support so many people Mm -hmm. uh that's what drives them capital perpetuates itself all right and that's why the merchants ran the american revolution that's why uh in world war one um you had the industries in germany just begging 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 for war begging for it because they knew that uh, they could produce guns. They knew they could produce the steel. They knew they could produce the battleships. As a matter of fact, right now, if you look at a company like Lockheed Martin, um, they lobby for war with Iran. They lobbied for war with Iraq. Contractors in Iraq got billions of dollars of your money because they lobbied Congress and they lobbied the executive branch to ensure that they could get their war. Kraft. The company that makes that little that little cheese, that, oh, that, yeah, like, that little you know, fake those little cheese, singles. yeah, okay. yeah. You know, you <laughs> love me some you, fake you, cheese. You want, you want you want to know how much money they made in Iraq War? How much? About two billion, I think. Oh, wait, how? There are contractors. Kraft cheese was con was contractors. Mm-hmm. The, you know, I would actually, I would go and check that figure because okay. I'm not entirely sure about Kraft specifically, but they are a company that was contracted to serve food to the army and the military so they have an active incentive to push for war a huge incentive and And for a long war they have a huge incentive for that exactly exactly every contractor that works for the military has an incentive to want there to be war so what you need to realize is that the reason that we haven't addressed climate change even though we know that in about Hmm. say like I don't know like 50 years we will have depleted the majority of the essential nutrients in Inside the earth that we grow the the majority of our food in yeah it's going to be depleted in, in about 60 years yeah like 
that is a frightening prospect. We're going to find ways to continue to, you know, sustain ourselves. But people are going to die. And we haven't rectified the situation because what a person who is an owner of capital needs to do is perpetuate it. Because otherwise, you lose that material abundance. And by consequence, in theory, you lose the ability to provide for this vast population that we have. In theory. Only in theory. Because we can do this more sustainably if we make changes. It's a consumption but you know problem, what that costs? Yeah. You know what that costs? That costs money. That money, yeah. And the only thing you're thinking about is the next six months. We think quarterly. Oh, shit. We don't think 100 years We don't think decadedly, yeah, or what's it, centennially, yeah. or whatever the word is for And And so fundamentally, uh, we've gone on a tangent for about, I say, 15 minutes. But I Dude, think, this is crazy. I'm about to say, you need your own podcast, I, man. I think that uh, this is why the United States <laughs> is an oligarchy. In fact, you <laughs> oh, could consider shit. a monarchy because capital is king. And it's an, uh, but the reason I consider it, um, mm-hmm. oligarchy materially is because certain people have control. Over right. That it's split between um, like six, seven. Yeah. They're, uh, you add up all the billionaires, they, they own more wealth than like uh, more than 50% of the population below them. Oh, more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm this, sure this more. is th- like, this, I'm sure it's getting eighties. This like, needs you know. to change. So <clears throat> I personally believe that you fundamentally need to reconsider capitalism, hmm. uh, as uh, a proper system of uh economic society. control yeah in fact yeah more, more so as a society because it because it what bleeds further yeah further than just like yeah. rules and laws and shit yeah. it's how we act it's how we think even yeah. things of like you know r.i.p to kobe bryant of course but everything i saw about him was talking about his fierce competitiveness right and yeah. shit like that and yeah. it's like that is a tenant of yeah. capitalism and you know what's really sad what like sometimes you'll hear stories like yeah like homeless man like walks 22 miles a day to get to his job and we celebrate his perseverance wow instead, instead of, of saying, saying to each other can we get him a bus why yeah. why does that person not have a fucking bed right what the fuck is happening yeah this is the thing that makes me that that that, that caused this is the thing that keeps me up at night hmm. the fact that uh we are not considering on a broader level uh Human rights like shelter, like food, yeah, like 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 family. Oh, sure, I can say whatever I want, you know, about my government and about my people, and you know, like oh, the, a Klansman can walk down the street in full robe and understand that oh, you, you know, you can say whatever you want about black people, but you're not gonna be put away unless you unless you make it explicitly violent. No. No. So that's 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 a that's what I think is a fundamentally wrong hmm. with. Uh, the, the American system of government. And wow. that's why I'd, I consider it perhaps less legitimate than uh, many of us have been brought up to believe. But, you know, that connects back to art because I got to spend a lot of time to support myself. Uh, mm. Not saying that you don't have to work if we lived underneath a different system, but there's an incentive to ensure that you're always scrambling to produce more wealth for somebody else. Yeah, always grinding. Um, and, and that's going to be your primary function if you don't own the means to produce more wealth you have you need body, capital yeah but yeah but if you don't own like a factory or if you don't if you don't own, own property land, that's the key to wealth land, land yeah, yeah. If you don't own land like J- jay-z 444 check, check that shit out man what do you say huh what do you say rich nigga poor nigga house nigga field nigga still nigga all right <laughs> 
he's inside that he's sitting inside that property like he should have brought he should have bought that property back uh you know when it was only worth however many like million now it's worth like 100 million or some shit Bro, i need to get on the phone tomorrow yeah. about some shit like that yeah, get on some shit like that man yeah i got a friend who's been looking at some plots yeah. of lands i'm not even gonna say where but for yeah. on the cheap we might have to get in on that yeah but then you're gonna be a capitalist and we're have, gonna have to uh, take it all away from that's you. true that's yeah. true but there's also i mean there's the notion of there, <laughs> that's hilarious there is the notion of getting into the system to help make change to it as well you know exactly, you, need, exactly. you need opposition from both infiltration and opposition to what you don't like mm-hmm. i think a socialist it's about finding that yeah, balance a socialist would explicitly agree because the because there's a fundamental concept of of, of class warfare uh if you own capital and use it to produce wealth um with the labor of other people then that is inherently exploitive yeah and this is the crux of class warfare but yep. perhaps you can function in a way to distribute your uh the the, the capital that you have accrued exactly. in a way most conducive to making a societal change exactly. but the thing that we know for now is that the people who own the capital are not doing that yeah 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 damn all right, shit. You well, guys some, all just got a, something else. You guys just got a mental audio workout. I know I did, right? <laughs> I'm definitely gonna enjoy listening back to this episode and making it work. But I mean, if you don't, I get it, because like the most irritating person in the world is someone who's concerned about politics. <laughs> like let's 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 be honest. But the thing is, I, I liked how I I liked we took it further than just contemporary politics and like the annoying shit that you'll hear oh trump this trump that yeah sure great nobody likes trump but let's talk about some more nuanced uh yeah big picture. A- analysis like big picture why because it's here? it's it's more than trump exactly it's why are we here or why are we going to be where we're going right like he's a small blip in the radar like he's a symptom exactly and yes there is a blip on the path as you're seeing but in the end it's just going to be one small blip on the trend His line is that the this country is on of like a soggy cake like this a man, soggy cake. This, this dude. I think like, I call him a. I think I called him a spray tan cake puff in a rap once. Yeah, just yeah, I, I and just not wanna, even like just, just for no reason. I, I, just, just, I just want to like <laughs> tossle his hair and say, "Oh, you dumb motherfucker!" Look at you. Oh, shout out to our president. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about Drake, the president. Uh, yeah. Yo, we we're getting shut down after this. Drake Drake <laughs> paid three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Allegedly, Drake was. Seen we only read headlines. We've only read headlines. We don't know. We don't. Yeah, they're know they're coming. From, I've ended my career before. Stuff. Oh, uh, but now you're ending right. mine. Uh, thank, thank, you, thank, thank you very much, Tyler. Uh, Drake, I still want the feature. Uh, <laughs> Rory and I cooking up heat. But anyway, let's let's end it there then before we get crazy. But Rory, dude, thank you for joining me for this episode. This yeah. truly was some enlightening shit. Even uh, I think most of it got on mic, so that's good. We can yeah, uh, share, share most of it with the people. Right. But um. What do you want to plug before we head out of here? Your music, other music, um, anything? You know, I'm not really ready to plug my music. I gotta say, um, that's fine. I've done a lot of work. I've the uh, I've been Still acting cooking. in the Boston community as well. But you know, I have my networks. The, the thing I will plug right now though is my photography. Oh um, yes, of I course. Use my Dude, photography we didn't even get into that. Huh? I support myself, and it's also just a hobby um, to, to just keep myself grounded and happy. I love going out and shooting, just like taking a walk with a purpose. There's nothing. There's nothing like that. Hmm. Um, except taking a walk with no purpose. There, yeah, I was about to say that might, that might be better. That might be a lot better. Both are very special, but like, yeah, <laughs> not um, a lot better. But you know what I mean. If you want to check out my work, um, you can go and hit me up on Instagram. All right, that's at Asperitas Photography. Asperitas is a type of cloud. If I'm mispronouncing it, I'm gonna be so just how do you spell it? Tell <laughs> him how to spell it. Clouds <laughs> is his theme. Yeah, yeah. Asperitas yeah, yeah, cumulonimbus. Yeah. You got Cirrus um, working be, for something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you do. Be, um, Let me hear what. Up. 
Cirrus Clouds. That's the only other one. Oh I know. yeah, true. Yo, I haven't. Got to throw that, that in. Maybe that'll be my acting. But who knows? Oh, um, you call yourself so, Cirrus? <laughs> so my um, uh, my photography website is asperitasphotography.com. That's A S P E R I T A S photography at gm. Uh, fuck. <laughs> A S P R I T A S photography.com. Cut that shit out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Asperitas underscore photography. Same so letters. Check me out there. I'm also on Facebook. Just look up Rory Lambert Wright Photography. Please, 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 yeah. everybody, check out what Rory's got. And, yeah. you know, I don't just say this as a collaborator, like, you know, obviously, because we're in the studio together and he's helping me out and we're doing shit. But genuinely, I respect Rory's craft. I love all the different creative outlets he's into that we didn't, unfortunately, didn't get to get into this episode. But dude, you got to come through again for round two, and three, and four. Like whenever we'll talk, we'll talk theater. I've been, a lot, I've done a lot in theater. That's I would definitely love to because, and I want to do another episode with Emilio there because yeah. he's all about film and he's told me insights like, he's had on acting between film and theater. And I would love to know what you think yeah, about that one day yeah, for you guys yeah. to talk I'd love about. To see that. I'd love to talk. It about would be really cool. Right. So. Um, all right, so those are Rory's plugs. Of course, check us out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TylerOnDemand.com slash podcast. Subscribe, like, follow, leave a comment, rate, be friendly, do all that because that helps us out and that helps us help you, I guess. Because if you like our episodes, then I guess we're helping by getting more out, right? <laughs> but thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Rory, again, for joining. This has Yo. been another episode of Rabbit Hole Sessions, and we'll catch you again soon. Thank you, Tyler. Peace.